G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Realfaith.org.au It was pretty hard. It was devastating on our family, and we weren't sure how we were going to handle everything up there, but God came through for us. Uh, Here we are, we're the missionaries. We'd gone to these communities to reach out to the people, and in fact, it turned around the other way. God used the people of the community and the people of the church that was in the community to minister to us. Welcome to Real Faith, conversations about the impact faith has on our lives and the challenges we go through, helping us today and giving us hope for tomorrow. That's Real People, Real Life and Real Faith with Eric Scadabo. Well, last time we talked with John and Sandra Drost, who decided to take a path less chosen. They decided to go to the cold Arctic region of Canada and Alaska to be missionaries there, and they've appropriately named their newsletter the Frozen Wombat. So we're just about to hear more of their story. When we ended last time, they just decided to go to northern Canada and Alaska to be missionaries over there. Now we're going to find out the rest of their story. Welcome back to the program, John and Sandra Drost. Thank Thank you. you. Glad to have you back on the program. And so the Lord worked in your hearts. You wanted to go to the tropics. That's what you said. But then you decided to go to northern Canada. And so what happened next? Yeah, so if it was up to me, I would definitely be Fiji or Vanuatu. Mm -hmm. I would love to do those areas there, you know. But that's not where the Lord wanted us to go. Mm -hmm. And uh, we, uh, you know, we've spoken earlier about a vision trip and so forth uh, Mm -hmm. with this organization, with uh, a mission organization we're with, with Send North or Send International. Mm -hmm. And uh, we thought we were heading to Alaska and... I thought I was going to be on the maintenance team there, being a, a Sparky, and Sandra thought she was going to do some teaching. And that's where their headquarters is? And that's where their, that head, where their headquarters at that time was in Glen Allen, Alaska. Small and this community. is about 2003, 2004? Yeah, around about 2003-ish, mm-hmm. yep. And ended up, we, uh, we ended up in a town called or a community called Whitehorse in the Yukon Territory, which is northern Canada. Uh, and it's close to the... Arctic Circle, a little bit subarctic. We're down a little bit lower than the the 60th parallel. So not quite as cold. No, well, it gets just as cold, but not as not for as long. Okay, like it's All a little right. bit better, and uh, we also get a little bit uh, a little bit more daylight. And instead of being dark all the oh, time. Oh yeah, I was going to well. ask you about that. I heard that when you go way way far north, that there are parts of the year that they only have sunlight like one hour a day. Oh no, twenty four hour day um, oh, darkness, no? and then no 20, sunlight. No sunlight. So once you're above the Arctic Circle, um, which John was going to get to a little bit Sorry about down that. the track, but about that. <laughs> no, no, that's okay. Um, once you're above the Arctic Circle, it's 24 hours darkness in the middle of winter and 24 hours sunlight in the middle of summer. Wow. And and that time varies depending on how high you are towards the mm-hmm. North Pole. But where we were uh, was around about mm, four weeks 
I guess, where the sun didn't come up above the horizon. So, so you had a day that wasn't a day, in a sense. Well, in a sense, yeah, I guess. There's 24-hour period, yes. All darkness. No, yes. No sunlight. No sunlight. Wow, no. I can't even imagine that. Yeah, it certainly, uh, it was very interesting. Um Whitehorse, as we said, wasn't too bad mm-hmm. um, because we were down a little bit lower. Uh, further north, it was a little bit, it was hard for me to take. The darkness was really tough for me at times. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I mean, underst- I can see sometimes, you know, you get like a week or two where it's cloudy and even that's kind of depressing after a while. You, you want to see the sun, but yeah. this is like weeks on end. Yeah, it is. It is. I it, When we were further north, I used to... Uh, Look forward to the 1st of February when we would just see the little glimmer of the, the sun come up on the horizon wow. and go down again because you'd get a little glow in the sky and it was like... That was it. That was it. Wow. And then as February went further on and into March, you'd start getting your sunlight and it was much better for me. Yeah. Um, I really understand how um, a seasonal affective syndrome works now because... What uh, is that? It's... Uh, it's just the darkness. Uh, we um, the, how can I the lack that, of um, vitamin D from yeah. that you get from from the sun um, really begins to play havoc with with your emotions. Yeah, and yeah stuff. I can imagine that. And also, um, you're probably not aware that there's a chemical reaction that happens in in your eyes when sunlight hits your eyes. And is that um, right? And that's what helps actually regulates your body. Um, sleep patterns and things like that. So when when your body's not actually getting those regular stimulations mm-hmm. from from the sun, um, it starts sort of getting out of whack, and mm. and so you get this seasonal affective disorder, and it just really becomes a bit of a problem and causes fairly major depression. And Is that the main thing that people go through? Yeah, seasonal and, depression or. Um, there's a lot of depression. The, the depression in our region of where we work is extremely high, causing a lot of suicides and things like mm. that. But um, some of it is societal things that are, are going on. Mm-hmm. Um, other things, are, it's spiritual. And then other is physical things like, like the seasonal affected disorder. So mm. there's many reasons for it. And on the other side of the coin, the other season, do you get like 24-hour sunlight? Yeah, so wow. and that's that's the opposite. And so John really struggles with the darkness. I really struggle with the light because um, you're trying to sleep. Yeah, and and I I don't John <laughs> John can just fall asleep anywhere. <laughs> yeah. I, I can shut down when I need to shut down. Good on you. <laughs> that's but practical. I, I I don't. I I really I really struggle with the whole falling asleep in the daylight and and you have to darken your room and then you feel like you're in a dungeon and um mm. yeah i that really affects me and so i get really tired really really tired in the summer cuz you're not really getting that deep sleep no so this is just part of the challenge of living in that area yeah and you know like you'll have um kids roaming <laughs> roaming the streets in little tiny tiny communities um, because they're they're still awake as well, you know, like three in the morning or something. Yeah, yep. yeah, it's not it's not unusual. So wow, uh, it's, it's a just very a, different culture. Yeah, 
Very interesting. Okay, I interrupted you to get to that little sidetrack, which yep. I'm very interested in. Yep. That's what happened okay. next? Yeah, so uh, we uh, we left Australia on their way over. Mm-hmm. We we landed uh, in Whitehorse mm-hmm. in the Yukon Territory, and uh, God really, he placed us there. I know why he placed us there now, because it was a real good area for us to learn some culture mm-hmm. and also learn how to survive in the cold. And it was a safe place mm-hmm. because it's a city of about 25,000 people. It was good. We um, we had a really great time and had a really good positive experience in Whitehorse. We, um, we got there and, and within a matter of months, we got introduced to some of the uh, indigenous people groups over there mm-hmm. and, and whom we really felt called to. And we got yeah, involved. Going back to your original call, that's yeah, what kind of drew you into that that's area. That's right. And uh, we... No, they're not called Eskimos. What are they called there? The indigenous people? So in Whitehorse, they, they would be First Nations. First Nation. um, further north is Inuit, Inuvaluate or Inuktitut. <laughs> So the, the, these are and, the tribal names. Yeah, they they're the people group names. Uh, people group names. Yeah. I should say. Um, in Alaska, Eskimo would be the um, Inuit people group, mm-hmm. or um, Indian would be the other. Yeah. So where we were um, initially in Whitehorse, it was more First Nations, and uh, God introduced us to a, a, a gentleman there. Uh, his name was uh, was Ray, and he had come to Christ back in the 70s, and uh, he was our bridge into the community. Mm-hmm. And we, um, we, we used to just help run a little church there in the Kwanlin Dun Band, and that's, that's the actual tribe, the Kwanlin Dun people tribe there. And uh, we had a great time. We, we learnt a lot. They taught us a lot. They laughed at us a lot because uh, <laughs> some of the things they used to do, it's like... I, I, had they ever met stories. an Australian before? <laughs> Yeah, some of them had. There's been some Aussies in the Yukon Territory uh, before um, in that area. And uh, it was it, it was a, a really good time of ministry. We really we saw people growing mm-hmm. in the Lord. We travelled a lot and we learnt a lot. God just humbled us, I think, mm-hmm. and just really um, we we had an opportunity to work with a lot of elders in, in that little fellowship and and these elders couldn't read English; they were totally illiterate. And yet, God would impress on them truths from Scripture that that they couldn't read. And so, often there was times where, like, they would come to us and go, "You know, God's suggesting to us that just praying through things, and He He's talking to us about." this or or that and and they would say what does it say in the bible about that and they were like 100% on virtually every time wow. with the direction and with the truth mm. and and just really wanting that to be affirmed in scripture and mm. it was just um so amazing just to see how God was working through his Holy Spirit mm-hmm. and bringing truth into these people's lives and that it was constantly always being backed up in Scripture mm-hmm. with what he was doing. Yeah. And that had to be a bit humbling because here was, you you were the missionaries. You had gone to Bible school. You, yeah. you were supposed to know all this stuff. And yet here, just for them 
humbly praying they were getting spiritual truths just yeah, as well. That's that's right. And the thing that, you know, like what was fantastic about it as well was they wanted to not be stand on it unless they saw it in Scripture mm. as well. Mm-hmm. And so it was just amazing. Our guests today are once again John and Sandra Drost, who are originally from Queensland, but now serve the Lord as missionaries in the Arctic region of Alaska and Canada. They've been sharing about some of the unique challenges of serving in that part of the world. Unfortunately, they would go on to experience an extreme tragedy that would leave them needing to be ministered to themselves rather than being able to minister to others. We'll find out about that and more when we return right here on Real Faith. Looking for resources to grow your faith? Check out Vision Christian Store with books, movies, audio CDs, DVD resources and more. Plus, free delivery on orders over $50. See visionstore.org.au You're listening to Real Faith. Conversations with real people about how God works in their lives. If you want to know more about integrating faith into your life, our website is realfaith.org.au. Just go to the website and you'll find helpful articles about the impact faith can have on your life. Once again, that's realfaith.org.au. Welcome back. I'm Eric Scadabo, and today, once again, I'm chatting with John and Sandra Drost, who are originally from Queensland, but now serve the Lord as missionaries in the Arctic region of Alaska and Canada. Before their break, they shared about some of the unique characteristics of serving the Lord in that part of the world. Sadly, they would eventually go on to face a major challenge that would rock their world to the core. Uh, we're not going to get into the details for privacy purposes, but uh, let's just say that your family was the victim of a, a crime, a horrendous crime that occurred. Please share with us about that. Yeah, and we um, we were in the Whitehorse area for three years. We relocated further north, uh, way further north, in, into the real Arctic regions, mm-hmm. Um we really felt called to that area mm-hmm. and we got involved in some ministry up in, in those communities up there and, and actually helped uh, build a, a church, a physical church building as well. Mm-hmm. But during that time, as you said, you know, uh, something had happened, uh, mm. a major crime, and uh, it was it was pretty hard. It was devastating on our mm. family. And in fact, it uh, we weren't sure how we were going to handle everything up there, but uh, God came through for us. Uh, here we are, we're the missionaries. We'd gone to these communities to reach out to the people. Mm-hmm. And um, in fact, it turned around the other way. God used the people of the community and the people of the church that was in the community, the local people, to minister to us. Mm-hmm. And you know, it was just an amazing thing because... Uh, because this was public, everybody in the community knew what happened. Exactly. That is correct, yes. And and for us, in our ministry, we really believed to be to be in ministry. We needed to be part of the community. Mm-hmm. We needed to be transparent. And mm-hmm. uh, they could see that we were hurting. They mm-hmm. could really see that. Yeah. And they came right beside us and stood along us and supported us. One of the things that the people in this community and in this whole region actually struggle with is the sense of not feeling good enough and not... A low self-image type thing? Yeah, low self-image, low low self-worth, 
never been good enough to be a Christian, and when they are, when they do follow the Lord, constantly falling and so feeling like they're just giving up on their Christian faith mm. because not feeling good enough or mm. worthy enough. And one of our focuses and, and things that we, we really felt called to was to live this authentic Christian life mm-hmm. of where the things aren't always rosy, things are really tough mm-hmm. and we make terrible mistakes. We're, we're human and things happen and and so when this tragedy happened and this situation happened, we wanted to live that out. We wanted to live out that authentically. And the morning after the, the major thing that happened, I I literally woke up singing It Is Well With My Soul. And um, the Holy Spirit was just so present um, carrying us through. And that's what we wanted the mm-hmm. community to mm-hmm. see. We wanted them to see us um, being carried by the Holy Spirit, being carried by the Lord, um, that this God that we served and loved was walking right beside us, mm. not not condemning us, and that as strong Christians, we, we had a father that we could hang on to mm-hmm. yeah. and that actually even in our frailness even when we couldn't hang on to him he was hanging on tight mm-hmm. to us mm-hmm. you know usually when you think about being missionaries you think about oh i need to learn things from the bible that i can share and communicate with others but it sounds like through this tragedy that happened they needed to see your lives yeah. How you would live, how yeah. you would live your faith. And that would speak volumes to them more than any sermons or Bible studies. Obviously, those are important, but they just needed to know how this faith life actually works in reality yes. when your heart is ripped from you and you're, you know, you're hurting badly. Yes. yes. And it, it was, it was the community then um, came around us. And, and even though we had support from our mission organization, mm. even though we had support from people like yourselves um, mm. and our supporters from overseas and, and things like that, it was the community that carried us through. So you were supposed to be ministering to them in theory. Yeah, but and they, they were, were ministering to you. That's, that's right. right. That's right. beautiful. Yeah. yeah. And, and it was just amazing. And um, yeah, just to, to watch God work, it, it just sort of, blows my mind away um, mm. how he worked during that period of time. Yeah, yeah. and it, it was a tough time. Um, but as Sandra said, the, it, that, the relationships we, we are able to have with the people mm. in the community now, yeah. they're, they're lifelong relationships and yeah. they're, they're friendships. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we are still, we're no longer in that community. Uh, our mission have asked us to move on mm. and uh, they asked us to, to a different community. to a different community, uh, to Yellowknife in the Northwest Territories. And it was our vision and, and the mission's vision for us to move there to be a base for a new push further into the Arctic, further up and further Further across. into the cold. That's <laughs> correct, yes. And, uh, yeah, even you to guys this, are something else. <laughs> <laughs> even to this day, though, uh, we're in communication with the people mm, from those communities. Yeah, They're yeah. calling us. We're praying with them. Mm. We're 
Facebook is a huge thing these yeah, days yeah. And, and everything else. Well, and, the thing is, I mean, how do relationships strengthen is when you go through tough times together. That's yes. right. That's exactly right. Mm. Yes. So, so that has been a real, yeah, it was a hard time, but it's been a real blessing mm. as well. And, uh, but, you know, we've now moved on to, to Yellowknife for this vision that mm. we were, we were asked, uh, we felt and we were asked to do. And, uh, that was going back about six years ago now. Mm. And, um, yeah, Yellowknife was, uh, had its own struggles though. We've had some, some real, things going on there that uh you know we were supposed to be supporting missionaries in the north and uh that didn't seem to happen there's been a real struggle in missions over the last few years as far as getting missionaries as far as getting missionaries mm. people uh people are changing missions changing mm. and um mission in the north northern part of the the arctic uh, requires certain for people for some reason people aren't just holding up their hands saying i want to go <laughs> that's correct <laughs> i don't understand the what's the problem <laughs> yeah, that's, that's what's happening and uh so we really struggled up there we, we've struggled in Yellowknife for a number of years mm-hmm. and uh you know but seriously there is a need up there because there yes. are indigenous people who need to know the lord exactly yeah and, and you know our path was meant to be that we were were supporting these people in all these communities that that were going to be in there and that didn't happen but you know God, God just took us through a bit of a season of waiting on him and mm-hmm. the verse that comes to mind that we held on to quite a lot was in Isaiah 40 verse 31 and it says but those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not grow faint. And, you know, for six years we'd sort of been sitting there going, Lord, what what is it that you would have us do? Yes, we, we were doing ministry, but it wasn't the ministry that, that we were called to. So God had um, asked us just to be patient and wait, and that waiting is pretty hard, but he he moved, and at the beginning of this year he started moving, and our organisation started looking at partnering with another organisation that was working throughout the Arctic. And to sum that up, basically he's he's moved, and now we are in contact and supporting ministry that's going right across the Arctic um, every day, talking with different individuals in different congregations spread across right to the furthest eastern part of the Arctic um, and just supporting them. And only God could have have done the change around and it's just incredible change so obviously this journey has not been anything like you thought it was going to be but ultimately you are having an impact through what you're doing now throughout the whole arctic region through supporting other ministries that was exactly your original vision that's correct can i just interject a little thing here we right back in the original when we first started, we said that we God used the transformation videos to get us. Oh, yeah, the original videos yeah. that yeah. John had seen that yeah. both of you saw. Yeah. So so the organization we're working with, the person who instigated that video is the person 
who we are working alongside. Is that right? Yeah. Oh my goodness. Mm-hmm. Talk about full so circle. God, yeah, yeah, God had it all planned out and you know, his faithfulness is Wow. He's the author and finisher of our faith. Well, thank you so much for sharing your story with us today. And thank you for having us. It's been a real privilege. And I hope we had the studio at a comfortable temperature for you throughout the interview. (laughs) Yes, it was. Oh, very good. It was very comfortable. (laughs) Our guests today have been John and Sandra Drost, who are originally from Queensland, but now serve the Lord as missionaries in the Arctic region of Alaska and Canada. They are with Sen International. And if you'd like to learn more about that ministry and the work they're involved in in that part of the world, you can go to the website send.org. That's simply send.org. While you're at the website, just look up Alaska and Northern Canada. You've been listening to Real Faith. And if you have any questions or comments, you can send us a message through our website, realfaith.org.au. That's realfaith.org.au. Thanks for listening and we invite you to join us again next time for more conversations about God working in the lives of people who put their faith and trust in Him. That's real people, real life and real faith. Real Faith is a production of Vision Christian Media. This program is a production of Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, see vision.org.au.